Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. I met Carrie at a time in my life when I was longing for community. I knew I was a leader, but I wasn't sure how to lead a community of moms. Then I met Carrie and she literally taught me how to do that step by step. This is the work she does in the world. This is the woman that she is. She has so much integrity and I admire her so much. I can't wait for you to listen in as she and I talk about the anatomy of a community or a village and how we can start to create one of our own. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel, and I am so excited to introduce you to my dear friend, and soul sister, Carrie Ingram. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks, Isabel. I'm so happy to be here. So Carrie and I met, I don't know how many years ago, eight years ago, Carrie? Well, you were pregnant with Ben. Yes. Yes. And Carrie, knowing Carrie has changed my life, changed the trajectory of the work that I do. Carrie, you have been so important in my life, I think more than you know. So the fact that I get to share you with these beloved listeners just brings me so much joy. So I want to dive right in, but I also want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. So let's start there. Carrie, let everyone know who you are, um, including where you are on your mothering journey. And then included in that question, I'll ask you, what does empowerment mean to you? Hmm. Well, thank you for such a beautiful, warm and loving introduction. I'm just going to reflect all of that back Mm -hmm. to you. Um, And let's see, introduction. These are always awkward for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I'm Carrie Ingram, and I am, am the founder of Community Supported Postpartum, which is a, uh, it's a, online platform that teaches folks how to tend to their village, especially uh, tending to the needs of folks in the early parenting realms. Um, We have lots of different courses and offerings. My background is uh, teaching, early childhood teaching, um, birth work, postpartum doula, and uh, through Postpartum Support International Maternal Mental Health um, Program. I'm a mother of a very enthusiastic 10 and a half year old boy and have been also a foster mother to a little girl for 15 months. And those are, yeah, one part of my mothering journey where I am right now is I'm realizing with my son, what got us here is not going to get us to the next step. <laughs> all mm. of the, all of that early childhood 
attending is um, it's it, the shift is palpable at mm. 10 and a half. So that's exciting that we both get to reinvent ourselves together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then speaking of reinvention, I think that's such a powerful transition to claim, you know, we're not, can, we're not sticking with what we've done in the past. We're like choosing to move forward, even though that feels like we're stepping into the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Really having faith and trust and just making those small aligned steps. Yeah. And then pivoting when it, when it doesn't quite work. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay. I want to ask you a little bit about village now. You, you have taught me how, like the specifics of creating a village. So can you tell us a little bit about like, what is that? Like, tell us the anatomy kind of, of a village. Mm, I like that. The anatomy of a village. Well, how I would describe I mean, I'm sure that there are so many incarnations of what a village could look like. Um, It could be based on where where you are in the Mm -hmm. world, a sense of place. It could be family of origin. It could be friends. It could be common common things, uh, ideals and values bringing you together. But the way I like to look at it is imagine if there are concentric circles and Let's say, for instance, in the work that I do, there's, um, you know, a a family with a small baby in the center. So there's going to be a small circle first around around that dyad, triad, however many people are in that small circle. And those are really like your, that is like your inner circle. That is your... I'm here. I'm here for all of it. I will mop your floor. I I will listen to your birth story. I will rub your back. I will bring you tea. I will, you know, do whatever you need. That inner circle of like very trusted friends. So that's like, I think one part of the anatomy of a village is this, it's this inner circle, whoever that is to you. Maybe they're close people, maybe far away, maybe related, unrelated. And then there's there's the second concentric circle. So just imagine, you know, going outward from that inner small circle, a larger circle that's holding both the inner circle and this family or person in the center. And that circle is really, you know, the people that are in your community, maybe parents in your child's classroom, um, maybe coworkers, people that you see a little less frequently that, you know, you can call on them to sign up on a meal train or walk your dog, perhaps they're more um, action and, and service. Um, and that's another piece of this anatomy. And then zooming out even more, one last large circle encompassing everyone, which is just people people in the community, people that you say hello to, maybe a neighbor down the road that you don't know that well, but they're going to acknowledge you. They're going to notice that, oh, you now you have a baby. Um, so there's this outer circle that can be and it can go beyond, beyond people that even know you. It's just people here in the world 
that maybe maybe they can be involved with uh, policy change. Maybe they can just be voting uh, with their values aligned with you know family family first kind of policies. So that's just some, and it's not the and I'm not saying that it's all about like serving this you know this need of early childhood. There's community joy. There's community care. There's community joy. There's community culture. Um, there's the sense of place. There's stewardship of the land. There's a lot of reasons why we form a village. But I feel like in the through the lens I'm speaking to. Um, I feel like really there is a little bit of a map where there's an inner circle, a middle circle, and an outer circle that surround each of us. I love this. I'm just picturing this map and I'm almost picturing like plugging it in because these things, like they need to be charged up. Like the people around you don't always know, or maybe they do, but for some of us, uh, the people even in our like very center circle can't read our minds. So what, what can we do to like, how do you ask someone for help? Um, and not just if you're a new mom, because, you know, new parents most likely have people in their lives who are obviously there to support them and maybe not. But what if we're, you know, the mom of a teenager and a teenager and we're like, I need help too. I'm not a new mom, but I still need a village. What? T- tell me how she can kind of like activate those circles. Wow, that's such a great question. And I think that it it goes two ways. I mean, one way is the person that needs the help um, needs to be able to ask and make a request. And I always say making requests builds community mm-hmm. because it's, it, it, it invites people into our lives. And maybe that request, you know, it may be something that where they need help. Maybe it's that they want to learn more about this other person. Um, So I think that there's a great uh, quote that I heard once at a writing workshop that was when we were being asked to share our writing, it was um, no disclaimers, full disclosure. And what that meant is all the disclaimers, oh, this isn't my best piece, or I didn't really have time to do the da 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 da. And I feel like we we do that so easily um, when we have a need because we don't want to be seen in vulnerability. And so we can say things like, you know, oh, my my house is a mess, or um, I'm just not good at this, or you know, we can make all these disclaimers um, to not invite people in so or not let them see us in a need. So I think that being having the courage to, you know, Brene Brown, the courage to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and to to share to share that need and to invite somebody in is one part. And the other part is if you are that community member you know, checking on people, asking Mm -hmm. them, asking, you know, how are you really? How are you really? Um, What is there? What do you need? Or even just making an offer, making Mm -hmm. an offer. Oh, I see that, you know, I see that 
your yard needs um, yep. raking and, you know, my 10 year old loves to rake. Yep. Is it okay if I send him over? You know, just noticing things like our next door neighbor is 75 and I always bring her garbage bins up the driveway because it's a hill. Yeah. Um, just little things like that. Just paying attention and and making a connection. So what does culture have to do with that? What does culture have to do with that? Like how how does culture um yeah, I heard you say culture. That's one of the pillars. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if this is, um, here's where I'm going. And if okay. I need me to go somewhere else, <laughs> I was going to say, um, I was thinking the overculture, like the social oh, narrative. Oh, yeah. Tell is us that about that. Thinking? Okay. That's so not what I, I was think, thinking, but tell me. Yeah. Tell me your so thoughts I on think that. that the, you know, there's so many reasons why we think we can't ask or we think that we're not doing something good enough because we're all swimming in the same waters of these social narratives that may not be in our best interest, like productivity culture, Mm -hmm. um, you know, diet culture for a lot of early parents is a big one. Um, And we may think that we're, I should have the, you know, taught individualism, like, oh, I should be able to figure all of this out on my own. I should be able to do this on my own. I should be able to, you know, hold it all together, but we're not wired for that. We're, you know, we're interconnected and, you know, the sum of the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So I, I think that recognizing these kind of harmful systems that have influenced us to think that we should be able to do everything on our own. Um, is a great, it's a great first step is, you know, where is this belief coming from about myself? You know, what influenced this belief that I should be able to figure it out on my own and that I shouldn't need anyone for anything. So then subculture, like our counterculture, how do we move away from that within our own self-created village? And how do we infuse our own villages with a sense of, like you said, vulnerability, open-mindedness? Gosh, you know, I think that when we come together and we can and we can be honest in a way that feels comfortable, um, we kind of we come out of exceptionalism and more into understanding. You know, and what I mean by that is I'm the only one that's experiencing this. I'm the only one that can't, you know, get get this thing together. I'm the only one who's experiencing this as a parent. And when we just get in front of each other, heart to heart, face to face, we we can see that we're not alone. Oh, you're experiencing that too. And then all of a sudden there's this exhale and this you know, I'm not alone. Um, I'm not the exception. This is, you know, common or normalized. So I think that just um, being willing to make that connection in these conversations and be really honest with where our shortcomings are, what we'd like to learn from each other, 
Um, what we see in other people. I think that's another wonderful tool is acknowledging when you see something that's really working. Um, mm. I just noticed that the art of noticing. Wow, I really noticed how you did this thing. And it, you know, that was really easeful. Um, can you tell me how you mm-hmm. introduce that into your family or? Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to play this game because one of my values with this podcast and with all the work that I do is safety. And that's what I hear you talking about. And so I want to just say that I really struggle in my role as mom, struggled more in the past, but even now, like I struggle with thinking other people around me have it all together. And there's just one magical tip that they are withholding from me. And if I just knew that thing, then I would be as good a mom as they appear to be. Uh-huh. So I am just like sharing, opening my guts up a little bit and sharing that here vulnerably because I have a feeling that I am not the only one. I feel like I'm the only one, but I, another bigger more sovereign part of me knows, okay, Isabel, if you feel this way, others probably feel this way too. And naming it creates this sense of safety and community and village. And that's really what I want from uh, this platform is to have this sense of you're not alone. Me too. I see you. All of that. Yes. And I think that just being together in community when we can really make space for these conversations, I mean, it's just a natural, it's, it's, it's natural that, mm-hmm. especially in a facilitated space, you know, I can just speak to the yes. you know, parent and baby groups that I've been facilitating for 10 years, just takes one person to say something like, I'm, I'm having troubles with this. And then all the heads start nodding and I can say something like, wow, I'm noticing a lot of heads nodding. Um, Is anyone else experiencing this as well? And, you know, everyone raises their hand and there's this exhale. Say, well, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 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 So if I'm, I'm just hearing our listeners and they're saying, but I want that. I'm not a, I'm not mom of a baby, but I still want to be in a mom's group. Like just because my kids are in school or even out of the house doesn't mean I don't want to still be part of a mom's group. Or maybe I'm not even a mom, but I want to be part of a mom's group because I want that sisterhood and that connection. How can she start building a group such as the one you're talking about? You know, and it doesn't even have to be a group. Maybe it's um, maybe it's just walking with one neighbor um, and being intentional about conversation. It's maybe it's getting together for a potluck with a handful of people. Maybe I mean it could be so many ways to build community. And now I feel like. Um, there's so many opportunities, especially for people who don't know each other, to meet each other with mm. like meetup and lots of community events, even, you know, farmers markets and um, get, just getting out, getting out and, and deepening, just deepening with people at a comfortable pace. 
not everybody's going to be everybody's friend. So, you know, when it comes to a group, I mean, if you're somebody who are is attracted to, you know, pulling together a group, find find the things that you think people might be interested in or the things that you're interested in and start there. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's going for music or dancing or taking a class together. Maybe it's cooking together. Um, just finding something. I feel like the conversations just organically begin when we're just in each other's space. And it's brave. It's brave to say, hey, do you want to go out for coffee? Like, you know, asking another mom out on a date or having a mom crush, it takes like it. It's not always easy. So just know that is true, not just for you, dear listener, but also for the other people in your life. So like, take that first baby step and be the brave one to, you know, make the invitation. Totally, totally. It is so uh, it's a different experience making friends in your adult years, yeah. uh, making new friends, really. Yeah. And actually, I I talked to my kids about this, too, because I think sometimes making friends just as a human is tricky. And I talked to my kids about, you know, I've been feeling really lonely lately. I haven't been connected with people outside of, you know, our family of four. And I feel a little bit nervous about asking my friend to go to a yoga class with me. Um, and I think it's bringing up this conversation, even with my kids of like, what is village? Mm -hmm. Because I want them to grow up with other adults mm -hmm. who love them too, and who they can look up to and who can give them something that maybe I can't. So I'd love to talk about how we can expand our idea of village so that we're not just not alone in raising our kids, but we're also not the only ones who are raising our kids. Like, is that even something that's possible to have other grownups participating in the raising of our kids that are unrelated to us? Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm experiencing that. Um, and I think it takes, um, it takes being, being intentional with inviting those people in, um, and letting those relationships, um, grow and be nurtured. And then also, um, making the ask, you know, asking, asking, you know, how, how can I show up more for, you know, I, I'm an auntie, you know, we call them yep. aunties and uncles. I'm yep. an auntie to a couple of my son's girlfriends. And, you know, we've done ceremonies and rites mm. of passage and special, special dinners, special, you know, hikes together. And it's a delight. It's a delight to get to know and love other children that are not mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's a delight to see my son have these relationships with um with the these other um parents. It's just delightful to to just see that unfold. And what is that what has that taken? It's it's mm -hmm. taken us, 
you know, committing to being together. Uh, there's um, a group of, I would say, like six families and we go camping every year together every summer. You know, we do lots of potlucks. There's a couple holidays we spend together and we're intentional with the time that we want to commit to each other. And that feels good. We do care share, carpool, all sorts of um, how can we help each other um, in day to day. So this is the culture that I was asking you about because I because I don't have a culture in my chosen family of camping. Mm-hmm. But I hear that that is like a significant piece of the culture that you've created. So I want to bring that into the conversation. Like these rituals that you have, that contributes to the culture in your specific community or village. Whereas, you know, another type of community or village would have different rituals. Yes, you're right. So how do we kind of cultivate that so that our village has a spice to it that is feels unique and special and one that our kids are like, oh, I have a culture. This mm-hmm. is my culture. These are the values that I'm being raised up in. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah, great question. So the the camping, although I am a huge camper and love to camp all the time, the camping trip was actually from another mom. Um, who has a much older child and they were doing that as a class um, with her older child. And she just thought, what a great, you know, it's like this drumbeat every year that they would go to Yosemite and, um, and be together. And so she wanted to have that experience with her daughter, who's my son's age. And then we, we've all been invited in and, you know, some people it's not their cup of tea, but for most of us, it is. So we, you know, we have this, this ritual each year, this, this camping trip to look forward to. It's wonderful. And last year, finally, like the kids are old enough to, you know, we don't have to like be so hyper vigilant in the water as much and they're doing their own dishes. And <laughs> um, so that's wonderful. And then like other rituals, um, it's really about like who, who who's in your village and what what do they bring? We have two parents that are musicians. So every potluck, they bring the music. That's just what they do. We sing along, they bring the instruments. Um, and, you know, we have these, these seasonal um, gatherings where, you know, we might do something creative. We might create something together. And one of the parents will spearhead that. We always sing together um, when there's a new baby born or, you know, it's like moon time for one of the girls, like that kind of rite of passage. Like we do a rite of passage um, for that child. And um, it's just what's important to this group. And I'm sure that every group will have their own, their own um like what's important, what's meaningful, and how do we bring that in like to the children? How do we bring that to the children? I want to take a pause here because I'm enjoying this conversation so much. And I know our listeners are too. And I want to let everyone know that you will have an opportunity to join in on the conversation if you like. Carrie is coming into the Mother's Empowerment Circle to have more of a 
connected call where you'll be able to ask her questions and join in on the conversation. And that is happening on March 28th. So if you want to learn more about that, you can check the notes for that. Okay. And we're back. So to close, Carrie, I would love to ask you if you have any other tidbits that you want to share. Hmm. You know, I think I would just say, go ahead and reach out, go ahead and reach out. Um, You know, we're heading into spring, we're going to be outdoors more. There's just a lot of potential um, to just be out in the world and make a connection. Just make a connection, share who you are, you're important. Mm -hmm. And you know, you make the world a better place and somebody might really want to talk to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to take that invitation. I have someone in particular who I've been wanting to reach out to and I've just been, you know, a little nervous, but I'm going to definitely do that. So thank you so much. Well, this has been so wonderful. Thank you, Carrie. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks, Isabel. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. You.